Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about Venus moving through the second decan of Taurus. So this is the space in the zodiac between 10 degrees of Taurus and 20 degrees of Taurus. Uh, we will be examining the period of time between April the 22nd and April the 30th. So happy Earth Day, everyone. And uh, we will take a, a closer look at some of the aspects that Venus is making over the course of this journey, including a conjunction with Uranus on the 22nd, a square with Saturn on the 25th, a conjunction with Mercury on the 25th as well. And um, we'll take a look at Venus making a contact with the fixed star Menkar at 14 degrees of Taurus. So let's dive into it here. Hope that you're all doing well. We'll take a look at this screen, see what we're dealing with. Um, Venus has some dignity here. She's still in the lying hidden phase. So I'm going to kind of look at one chart here. She's still under the beams of the sun, but she has a special condition right now called being in her chariot. Of course, in, in ancient times, chariots were these vehicles that transported people from one place to another, sometimes for very special celebrations like weddings and things of that nature. And um, usually they had an awning over top of them to protect the people from the sun. So this was kind of like a planet that is being protected by this very special celebratory awning that will uh, allow it to escape damage from the beams of the sun. Usually when a planet is under the beams, it's kind of burnt up, it's invisible, it's, it has a lot of difficulty manifesting its significations. But in this case, Venus being in her own temple, uh, being the domicile lord of Taurus, um, kind of her nocturnal temple here, she, she has some protection. Uh, Venus is also in her own triplicity in the daytime. So she's the triplicity lord of the earth signs by day. So this has some uh, significations with having some support from the group or from a community of people that you are a part of, your, your guild, so to speak. So we've got the butler that is home, uh, taking care of business, which is Venus as sort of the butler as the domicile lord, the moon being the exaltation lord or the owner of the estate. We have uh, communal support. We've got our friends around us, happy to support us in our endeavors. Um, we have a planet that is associated with good fortune, uh, that is very good at bringing things and attracting things into your life, really without any... I don't know, really without a ton of effort. Now, that doesn't mean that the Taurus itself doesn't require effort. Uh, this, this house is sort of a combination of Venus, the moon, which is very generative, and, um, you know, Aphrodite and her husband, Hephaestus, who was the blacksmith that worked very hard on his craft and was very skilled. So I do think it is a combination of hard work and creating beauty and a good eye and being able to have patience and endurance. Um, and just showing up and doing the work every day. This is a fixed earth sign. There's consistency that, that will help us to bring things into, into being. Now, this face is ruled by the moon in the descending Chaldean order. So this is a, like a doubly important lunar um, decan where it is very fertile. Uh, I have the moon in this decan, and this is a place where if you, if you show up for your work, you will be, I think, blessed with a lot of good ideas and a lot of uh, stamina to be able to consistently produce work, hopefully quality work. 
Um, this is something that I've tried to do in my life with the moon conjunct the, the midheaven is just show up for life. This was one of the first articles I wrote when I was a songwriting teacher. It was talking about Neil Young. And Neil Young would um, write a song every day. And for every 10 songs that went on his album, he had probably over 100 that he had written. And, you know, this, this helped him to create very high quality work. Not every song that he made was, uh, you know, a, a hit, but he consistently produced good work because he produced a lot of work. Same thing with a guy named Richard Rogers. If you're familiar with Rogers and Hammerstein, um, he published, not wrote, published over 900 songs in his career. If you're not familiar with Rogers and Hammerstein, he was a musical theater writer who is responsible for many of the famous musical theater uh, productions that are much beloved, and including The Sound of Music. So, uh, you know, he, he showed up at his piano every day for two hours. He had a family, he had kids, but he was like, hey, this time is my time. And, you know, he didn't always have a plan. He just sat down and, and was available for the muse. So this Deccan is really about success that is created. Uh, Book T calls it material success and the Book of Toth, just success, the Lord of success. Success is created through consistency, through showing up, through our generosity, through our generative qualities, right? We have a point in the, of time in the year, the spring season, where we have done the hard work of turning the soil over in the first decan of Taurus. Austin Coppock calls that decan a plow. And now we're allowing the sun to heat up the microbes in the soil to make it fertile. And we've got that exposed earth and it's ready to be planted. So one of the things that we're trying to do is plant seeds. Okay, we've done the hard work of, of breaking up the soil, removing the rocks, getting it prepared, planning. Okay, first second was about planning. And now we're ready to kind of, you know, sow the seeds, sowing the seeds of love, so to speak, like Tears for Fears used to say. And, uh, you know, just allowing the process to happen. Austin Coppock calls this Deccan a, a linga yoni, a Shiva lingam. And I wanted to read something to you. I'm going to stop my share for just a second because uh, I have this cool book. I, I collect crystals and I collect rocks and stuff. And this is a, the Crystal Bible by Judy Hall. And she talks about a Shiva lingam. I was trying to find one to show you, but this is what they look like. I couldn't find one because uh, my partner and I keep giving them away to people are trying to get pregnant so we've which they've been successful many times um so this is a stone of fertility it's a fertility stone it's it's attributes according to judy hill it says or yeah judy hall hall sorry uh, symbolizing the hindu god shiva's union with his consort kali and activating the base and sacral chakras a shiva lingam raises and controls kundalini energy it is perfect for facilitating spiritual evolution through Tantra and sexual magic. A symbol of sexuality and potent male energy, this stone has been sacred for thousands of years. It facilitates the union of opposites, such as masculine and feminine, or body and soul, and is excellent for sexual healing. Okay, pretty interesting, because that's exactly what Venus is trying to do. Venus is trying to unify things that have been separated Okay, it is trying to bring together the body, okay, in Taurus that with 
the earth sign, and the soul, the, the uh, individuation that we fought so hard for in Aries. Now we're trying to fuse it into some kind of physical form. So it's a perfect uh, representation for this, this Deccan. And this is something that is in Austin's first edition of his book, 36 Faces. So uh, I wish I had one to show you. I'll show you. I've got a, here is a lapis lazuli. It's sort of a sh similar shape, although a lingam is a little bit rounder. Okay, it's kind of round and then it's kind of pointed at the top here. But it's a, a neat stone. Um, they are very sacred in India, so... Um, you can find them at various crystal shops and whatnot, but be careful. They're potent. If you're if you're not trying to have a baby, you might, you might want to be careful. Okay, so the other thing that we're looking at with Taurus here is the, the Horai. So I wanted to read to you again about the Horai. Uh, I, I went into depth about the charities in the first decan and the Horai and the Litai when I was talking about Mercury and Taurus, but we should revisit it here. So this is from theoi.com, and this says that the Horai were the goddesses of the seasons and the natural portions of time. They presided over the revolutions of the heavenly constellations by which the year was measured, while their three sisters, the Moirai, spinned out the web of fate. The Horai also guarded the gates of Olympus and rallied the stars and constellations of heaven. They were particularly honored by farmers who planted and tended their crops in time with the rising and setting of the stars. Measures of the passing seasons, the three were usually named eunomia, good order or good pasture, irony or, or urini, peace or spring, and dyke, justice, goddesses who individually represented the conditions required for farming prosperity. Okay, so we've got... Uh, these deities that were associated with farming, with the with kind of the natural rhythms of the earth. And I wanted to read one more thing to you. This is from the Orphic Hymns, a translation from a Greek author named Apostolos Athanasakasis. Athanasakis. Apostolos Athanasakis. I need to figure out how to pronounce his name because I do this every time I quote this book. <laughs> You know, Mecca like a high, Mecca high, ho. That's what I feel like I'm trying to do. Like that dude from uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. I don't know if you remember that. This is number 43 to the Horai or the Seasons. It says, Seasons, daughters of Themis, daughters of Lord Zeus, Eunomia, and Dyke, and thrice blessed Urini, pure spirits of spring, of blossoming meadows. You are found in every color, in all sense, wafted by the breezes, ever blooming, revolving, and sweet-faced. O oh, seasons, you cloak yourselves with the dew of luxuriant flowers. At play you are companions of holy Persephone, when the fates and the graces encircling dances come forth to the light, pleasing Zeus and their mother, giver of fruits. Come to the new initiates and their holy and reverent rites. Bring perfect seasons for the growth of goodly fruit. Okay. Another author, uh, T. Susan Chang, in her book, 36 Secrets, talks about the kairos moment, the, mo the, the moment of opportunity coming. So this may be where opportunity meets form as well. So something else to think about with that. The card that we're looking at here is the Six of Pentacles, 
we have moved forward from the five of pentacles where we saw destitute figures that were potentially receiving some divine intervention uh, to create prosperity but there was some worry about maybe not having enough and that uh, got us to work that helped us to uh, start doing the hard work necessary to prepare those fields and now we are getting in touch with our spirit of generosity. We are sowing those fields. We're giving whatever gifts that we have to give to the world, whether it's through wealth and prosperity, whether it's through time, whether it's through our knowledge, whether it's through our emotional support. There's lots of different ways to support one another and to be generous with your gifts. So that's something to think about with this particular card. I did also want to point out that the 11th house in the Thema Mundi, the kind of philosophical natal chart of the world, is Taurus. And that house has some significations with benefactors and people that you receive support from and give support to. It, it is everything that supports your action out in the world. It is the joy of Jupiter. So it is merit-based actions. It's, it's the house of the good diamond, something that is leading you to be in touch with your higher self and to act from your higher self. Kind of like Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder saying, hey, this would be a fruitful action to take. So I think all of that embodies this particular decan. So some other notes that I've written down here. Uh, this is a, uh, a particularly luxuriant decan, according to Austin Kopic, where, you know, again, it's very fruitful. It's very fecund, like he likes to stay. Uh, so we have to pay attention to how we are creating luxury in our life without having expectation or falling into the trap of entitlement. Again, I, I really strongly, strongly believe that this decan and this sign in general functions at its best when we are focusing on how we can uh, contribute to the whole rather than what we can receive. When we have the spirit of generosity and giving, that is the type of action that is creating fertility in the whole so that it is able to provide for us and for all of us. So I've been talking very much about Taurus is, is, is paying attention to the health of your community and the health of, of the collective, because then that collective is going to be able to support you in the way that is, is healthy and is abundant. Okay. So this is one really, this is a wealth secret is having an abundance mindset rather than a, a scarcity one. Okay, so this is the time to work the land, to sow the seeds, find a consistent rhythm for success. Consistency is one of the things we're talking about with this. Uh, the soil is ripe for and fertile for planting. Practice altruism. Okay, so let's look, look at our chart again and see what else we are looking at here. So we've talked about some of the condition, you know, Venus will be moving through the terms of Mercury from 8 to 14 degrees and then through the terms of Jupiter from 14 to 22 degrees. So the curriculum setter is, is a, you know, still in the planning phases in the beginning, and then it'll be moving into the, you know, more, I, I guess, demi-urge type of uh, curriculum setter where it's like, hey, go create order in your life, go sow those seeds and, and create abundance. So it should be moving towards that as we move forward through this cycle. Um, we've talked about the tarot card and the uh, names of the card. We've talked about the daimon. We've talked about the fixed stars. We are going to see uh, Venus co-present with the Sun, Mercury, and Uranus during this cycle, including an exact conjunction at the beginning of her journey through Taurus too. 
So a stacked house in Taurus, there's a lot of different, um, mm, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of different agendas that are, that are drawing upon a similar source. And there's a lot of different, uh, things that are being provided for by Venus as, as the clay, we could say. We've got Venus is trying to create harmony. She is both potter and clay in this, in this uh, sign. And Mercury is, is the potter trying to facilitate commerce and communication, uh, go between worlds and, and uh, maybe even ca cast some doubt on, on our resources. And I, I think that we cast doubt, but we can also think of it as taking stock. Uh, when we question what we have and whether it is of value or not, then we can decide what stays and what goes. So this could be kind of a, the questions we're asking to figure out what we want to plant and what we want to bring into fruition over the, the spring and summer season. The sun is commanding. The sun is trying to bring awareness to certain areas of our life. So sun's moving through the first decade of Taurus over this period of time. So the sun may be providing some awareness of where we may be experiencing some lack. And Venus is trying to, to, to you know, fix it on some level and bring it back together. Um, Uranus is kind of a wild card. Uranus is trying to shake us up out of old patterns. It, it is the lightning bolt of awareness. Schmidt also calls Uranus like a transcendental sun, like a collective sun on some level, where it's, it's an idealized kind of awareness. It is something we are shooting towards and, and aspiring towards potentially as a collective. So we may be in the process right now of, of very much idealizing how we use our resources, leaving the past behind and trying to shake up some of the old structures to bring something new into existence. We've seen this with new forms of currency like cryptocurrency. We've seen it in the art world with things like NFTs, aka non-fungible tokens. Um, we're seeing it in how we are treating the earth and the collective resources that we share, like the air, the water, the land, um, and how we are being good stewards of that. We're seeing a lot of things in the news about um, countries participating together to fight climate change. And America is, is rejoining a lot of those agreements and trying to find solutions, hopefully, and accelerate the process of fighting climate change. So I think all of those are important, especially on this Earth Day that I'm recording this April the 22nd. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the other players in this game. We've got all this stuff in Taurus happening, but we do have a little bit of a, a planet that is pumping the brakes here. We've got, we've got Saturn in the overcoming square to all these Taurus planets. And this is putting a little bit of a damper on, on the celebration, on the, the enjoyment of pleasure. Um, it is asking us to think of the, the collective to maybe sober up and, and have some sobriety when it comes to how we are dealing with our resources. We may be having to work within certain limitations that are maybe outside of our control, that are having to do with the, the collective itself and, and society, politics, um, the way that we share uh, ideals. Um, we are seeing, we saw a very landmark decision uh, last week, or I guess it, man, it feels like last week. I bet it was earlier this week where um, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts 
that he was being charged with in the murder of George Floyd. And it was a, a, a good step in the right direction, but I, I think that there was a lot of um, stress leading up to that verdict. And there's a lot of, um, there's still a ways to go because we are seeing, still seeing young people, young, young black people being killed by the police and, uh, you know, disharmony and inequality in how we are treating people in this country. And that has to do with distribution of resources as well. So these conversations are coming up and Saturn is trying to restore a right proportion. Um, Jupiter is also assisting. Jupiter is in the third decan of Aquarius, which is talking about leaving the past behind and moving into the unknown. Saturn's in the decan that's associated with the Six of Swords, where a figure is being ferried across a river into a new existence. So we've got Saturn making the journey, and we have Jupiter kind of leaving it all behind for good and saying, okay, you got to have faith in the process. You There's no looking back now. What wisdom can you take with us into the new the new reality, and what do you have to just leave behind and, and escape with into the night? Okay, we also have a sextile with Neptune uh, by whole sign and a trine to Pluto by whole trine, by whole sign, whole sign, whole trine, whole sign. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. So we are, you know, bringing up things from the underworld with the contact with Pluto and, and exposing corruption, but hopefully that is leading to, to transformation, compassion, um, and ability to make a new start. And we are also getting in touch with potentially some of the very, um, I guess, transcendent qualities of Neptune, hopefully. Uh, hopefully we're not getting lost in too much illusion, but we're willing to make some of the sacrifices necessary for our vision with, with Neptune in the third decan of Pisces. And that is having a harmonious relationship with the Taurus planets right now. All right, let's see. Mars is about to move into Cancer, uh, probably tomorrow. I'll be doing another video on that. Um, but then it will move into a sextile with all of the Taurus planets. You know, Mars isn't super happy in Cancer. Uh, it's in its its fall. Um, it is disrupting the qualities of the moon, the lunar qualities, like the ability to ha to generate things. Um, domestic stability. Uh, it is indirect, so it is not able to take action in a in a way that is um, to the point. So this may be a point in time where, when we are trying to create things, we're going to have to deal with a little bit of a fluctuating energy, uh, a little bit more emotional instability, uh, and a little bit of maybe trouble on the home front. Um, so that's something to, to think about as we move forward with this, this Venus cycle. So you have to think if we just sum up what all the planets are, are talking about at this point, we've got Saturn saying, Hey, uh, pump the brakes, work within certain limitations, create within the circumstances that we have. Think about how you are going to, um, be contributing to the bigger picture and, and what gifts do you have that you can contribute to the, to the whole right now. Mars is saying, you know what, there's going to be some, some conflict potentially in domestic spheres. Our energy may come and go. So, you know, try to plan for that on some level. Again, consistency is going to be the key. Try to be as consistent as you possibly can. I do think that Uranus is going to disrupt some of our routines, though. Um, and let's talk about that, because the first aspect that we're seeing on the 22nd 
is this conjunction between Venus and Uranus. And all of the planets in Taurus are going to make a conjunction with that planet within the next three or four days. Uh, the Sun, Mercury, Venus are all going to take their turns conjoining with uh, the Promethean um, influence here. And uh, so we're going to get some shakeups. With, with Venus conjoining uh, Uranus, we may have some shakeup of um, some relationship things. We may have some artistic breakthroughs or breakdowns, uh, some eccentric taste might come up. Um, there may be some challenges in how we are trying to bring things into fruition and trying to unify. Um, yeah, I, I've had some of my routines broken up this week with some some family stuff that's been going on too. So I, I don't tell me if there's something going on. I would, I'm curious to hear how Uranus is is uh, affecting all of you. What what are the lightning bolts of awareness of the shakeups that are going on in your life? Um, I'm feeling that that weight of Saturn too. There's just been some stuff going on in my personal life with my with my my parents that has been a little difficult lately. There's some, been some health challenges that uh, have been really shaking me out of my my routines and making it difficult. I think to to even do this work. But you know what? Part of the way that you can deal with some of those super emotional and challenging things is sometimes to take your mind off it and to just keep doing some of the normal things that you do so that you don't have to, um, I don't know, get lost in your feelings or sadness. Uh, that's how, how I've been kind of handling some of the things that have come up recently. Um, but yeah, I think that some of these things are going to lead to hopefully some positive changes. You know, Venus is really trying to harmonize the, the shifts that we're going through with Uranus and the shakeups in our material resources. So, you know, maybe the shock will be for the best in, in the long run. And the, the I Ching was, was speaking to that on some level too. Maybe there was something that was corrupt that, that needed to be shaken out of its, its old way of doing something so that healing can take place. And cleansing. Remember, Venus was a planet of purifying and cleansing. And maybe there has been things that have been falling on disrepair that needed to be shocked awake to, to be able to uh, you know, create uh, harmony once again. Now, as we move forward to the 25th, we're going to see um, we're going to see Venus running straight into a square with, with uh, Saturn. Okay, you can see this here, you know, applying, it'll be applying for the next few days um, as it is in the inferior position to Saturn. Saturn is in the superior position, which is called the overcoming square. This is a tough, tough aspect for any planet that is receiving Saturn's wrath, I guess. Um, these two planets are not of the same sect, so they are not sectmates. They are kind of on opposite teams. They have different agendas. Uh, Saturn is a planet that that casts thing casts things into exile. That that is, you know, a planet of ignorance where, through neglect, we may, you know, have an experience of something that has fallen into disrepair. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, think about. I don't know, like someone who doesn't bathe or something like that, meeting with the the goddess of of clean, cleanliness and purity. Um, I compared this aspect in a previous video 
to kind of the Marie Kondo energy where, you know, Marie Kondo has some, I think she has a Venus Saturn conjunction in Libra in a, in a place that is very uh, harmonious for both of these planets where she goes into planets that, or places that have fallen into disrepair and tries to bring harmony back into them by saying, do you, do you love these things that are in your life? And if you don't love them, it's time to get rid of them. And that, that may be an experience that we're having with, with this, this uh, square as well as we could see things that are beautiful falling into disrepair. We could see uh, the aging process, especially when it comes to like feminine things. We could also see the denial of our ability to harmonize body and soul um, where, you know, that just through circumstances outside of our control that are bigger than us, it may be difficult for us to pursue pleasure in the way that we want to or to create in the way that we want to. I think Saturn's always kind of the big cosmic no on some level, but sometimes that no is really necessary. Sometimes having uh, limits that we can build within can give something structure. So, you know, if we have unlimited possibilities, sometimes it can be more difficult to make a decision. So Saturn might remove some possibilities at this point, but but again, it may help you focus on what is really important to you. Venus may also be bringing uh, some purification to some of the areas of your life that have fallen into disrepair, like, like Marie Kondo would. So take a look at anything that has kind of gotten out of whack. See if you can bring some of your healing, purifying, cleansing energy to it to bring things back into harmony, even if it's difficult. Um, again, I, I talked about this about this in a panel I was in recently where um, I was feeling this whole sign square right as uh, Venus ingressed into Taurus and started a, uh, this kind of relationship between Saturn and Venus. And I felt an overwhelming desire to start cleaning out my office. And I needed the help of my partner. Um, and I'm a Leo ascendant. So I had Saturn in the seventh house kind of uh, my my partner was playing that Saturnian role of saying, no, get rid of it, get it, get it out of the house, contract. And it, it really did free things up by creating limits and boundaries. I was able to perform the ritual, another signification of, of Venus, the ritual of, of purifying my space and opening up the flow of energy so that I can, you know, create in this space and it can become fertile again. All right, so that's the 25th. If we move forward to the 26th, we will be seeing, you know, and as of this point, Mars has moved into Cancer. So that's something else to keep your eyes on. Uh, on the 25th, actually, before we move forward to, to the 26th, Mercury and Venus will be making a conjunction as well at 13 degrees of Taurus. And these two planets coming together could um, lead to some kind of harmonization of the way that we communicate, the way that we exchange, the commerce kind of thing. You could think of this as maybe sweet talk or sensual poetry, especially in Taurus, where, where you're getting in touch with your senses and describing things in this very fertile way. I know that one of the techniques that I like to talk about in my songwriting classes um, when I was teaching those was, was this thing called object writing, where you would do kind of a stream of consciousness where you would get in touch with your five senses and you'd try to include a sight, a smell, a touch, a sound. And it was bringing kind of these abstract ideals down to earth. And I think this could be another way that we're thinking about this is really trying to make things practical. Our minds might be 
you know, the idea might start to harmonize with what is possible. Uh, love songs, another something that I wrote down. So maybe even a good conversation over a, a decadent meal or some like a, a good cup of coffee, something like that where you're having some kind of meaningful exchange, but in combination with the sensuality of, of Venus. This is also going to be coinciding with Venus making a contact with a fixed star called Menkar over the next couple of days. Uh, that's happening at 14 degrees of Taurus, and that was the mouth of the whale Cetus. And this is not like a, a, a nice whale of, of modern uh, understanding. This was a sea monster. And um, Menkar is a fixed star that feels like we are getting swallowed up by, by unseen forces, where we may be at the mercy of the collective unconscious of like projections from many different people. Um, it's, this is, it's interesting. I have, uh, I have this fixed star right on my midheaven. And I think that one of the things that I've experienced this as is I can feel collective pain. I can feel collective joy. I, um, I usually can anticipate certain zeitgeist type movements, I guess, where, you know, I, I just will have a, intuition about something and then it will start to become something that starts to trend or something of that nature but it is it is uh it does feel sometimes like being tossed about on a sea of unexpected feelings and you don't really know where it's coming from but with venus here this may be something where we are getting some good fortune that's coming from the collective potentially uh or we could see some relationship stuff erupting from uh, from the depths. Uh, so maybe we might be questioning some of our collective values. A lot of the things that Venus speaks to as well is, is there are some significations with values. And But I think that we may be performing some kind of collective ritual with Venus on this fixed star. So I would, uh, you know, look look for that in your communities. If there's some kind of collective ritual that you could be a part of or that is 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 going to bring prosperity to your community um so yeah harmonizing with the collective could be some of the significations and this is also coinciding with our new moon on monday uh as duran durand would like to say new moon on monday right it's a it's a good song it's a good jam um we're gonna see that full moon at seven degrees of of scorpio uh, probably a difficult one. I hope that to still do a live stream for this. I'm going to have to play that by ear, I guess, uh, everyone out there. I'm, like I said, I've been kind of having a bit of a family emergency this week. So we'll see what's going on with that. But um, hopefully I'll still be able to to do some more of this type of thing for everyone. Um, but yeah, this is a time where all of the Taurus placements are kind of challenged and we may be experiencing a sense of loss with the, the moon in that first decade of Scorpio, but we have to turn our viewpoint to gratitude and what we still have left. Um, this is kind of the lesson of that card is mourning your losses, but then also um, shifting perspective so you don't get lost in the morning. All right. I think that's the aspects they have for you. Let's take a look at the, um, the I Ching reading. Hope you're all doing well out there. I hope that 
any shocks that you've been experiencing have been uh, gentle and not too overwhelming. Um, yeah, my mom's in the hospital again. She's She had a stroke not too long ago, a few years ago, a pretty severe one. and was pretty, uh, she was in ICU for two months and ended up uh, really having some struggles over the last few years with her mobility and um, been pretty disabled. And uh, she's back in the, in the hospital with uh, some seizures lately. So um, prayers, thoughts and prayers for her. I've been, uh, been really trying to maintain my center throughout all this. But even a Taurus moon can uh, get tossed about, especially when his mom is sick. <laughs> so, again, I, I appreciate all of you sending good thoughts and, and um, positivity uh, her way. So let's talk about this, uh, this hexagram. This is the hexagram 14, which is called Great Possession or Sovereignty. And... Um, it is moving towards the hexagram 32, which is called endurance, constancy, long-lasting, perseverance, duration. And in 14, we see fire above the heaven. And this is kind of a, you know, this is a hexagram that talks about um, the wealth that we do have. We, it's great possession, right? Hillary Barrett says, given all that you have, who will you be? How can you affirm and support what is good? says you are wealthy in material goods, whether it is uh, material, wisdom, power, energy, talent, relationships. This is something I was talking about at the beginning today. So share your wealth with others. This hexagram is sort of like the sunrise, okay? So shine like the sun. Let, let people feel your warmth, all right? Um, try to, to um, you know, everyone has something to give. And I know that we've felt this enormous sense of lack over the last year with the pandemic and we've felt the contraction really hard with you know we've we've lost people we've lost you know freedoms we've lost uh, uh communities we've lost jobs but we are resourceful human beings are extraordinarily resourceful and even throughout this period of, of loss there's always something I think that you can shift towards perspective. Like, like I said, like even if you don't have a lot of material resources right now, you might have a talent that you can share with someone. You may have just your compassion or your empathy that you can share with someone at this point. Even the gift of time. If you've lost your job, you've you've been given the gift of time to maybe rethink some of the things in your life. I, I think that that's. That's, there's always opportunities. When one door closes, there's another that opens. And I think that thinking like that can really help us to get in touch with this, this generative quality of Venus and Taurus. So we have a couple changing lines. Line number one says, no relationship with what is harmful. Whatever is introduced, you will possess in great measure later on. So this is sort of like, you know, learning how to choose wisely. Uh, we have to avoid integrity lapses because what we plant, whatever seeds we plant now, they're going to grow into something. So if we're, we're planting rotten seeds, they're going to grow, you know, if we're, we plant bitter fruit, it's going to grow into something we might not want to eat later on. So make sure that you're planting your seeds in a way that 
um, you're going to be happy with what you're going to harvest later on. Um, so really pay attention to that in this, this uh, planting season. Line number six says, from heaven comes help and protection, good fortune, nothing that does not bear fruit. So this is a nice line. This is saying that everything is unfolding in, in accordance with the way of the cosmos. They talk about letting it unfold, whether it was expected or not. Um, it will turn out for the best. Okay, it says don't force it to conform to your expectations. I know we've had a lot of stuff going on with Uranus, and so it's it's the time to be receptive to do the work that we need to do. But but try not to force a, a square peg into a round hole. Allow the the shakeups to happen. Um, even sometimes when we have certain health crises in our life, that can be a course correction from the divine, uh, where something good might come out of it. So, so think about that. If there's been something that's been shaking you out of your routines, um, let whatever needs to fall away, fall away, and embrace what awareness and wisdom it has shown to you. This is changing to the hexagram number 32, which again, we, we talk about endurance, constancy, long-lasting. This is thunder above, above the wind. And those two forces are consistent, right? They, they, they continue no matter what's going on. They, we, we will still get thunder and wind, and, and wind is about flexibility. Thunder is about taking action. So it says, what inspire, inspiration are you making in your daily life? How can you continue on the same path even as you adapt, who will you become by persevering in this? So this to me is about staying the course and keeping at it, okay? Again, Taurus requires that Hephaestian blacksmith hard work, in addition to the eye for beauty and the eye for balance. So keep at it and, and make adjustments as you go. Like there's probably things that have shown you some things that don't work in your life anymore and just let them go. You know, keep going at the things that you feel good about and that are have been shown by experience to to still work. Okay, that's that's an experience is a great teacher. Um, there was a quote in the, this myth series I was watching last night uh, about the story of Daedalus and Icarus, and they were talking about experience. Um, you know, it, it is something that only you know people who have uh, gone through things can have access to it, right? The wisdom from it. And they were talking about Daedalus's experience versus the uh, youthful exuberance or ignorance of Icarus and him flying too high. And a lot of times we realize our limitations through, um, through, our, through our failures. And uh, so this is something where, you know, we, through experience, we can make adjustments. Even if we've come across something where something didn't work, we make adjustments and then we keep going. So persevere in the face of the challenges that you are experiencing to create that new growth, just like that Six of Pentacles cards. Okay? All right, everyone. I think that's what I've got for you today, short and sweet. Um, I think I'll see you again soon for Mars and Cancer and hopefully for the full moon. Hang in there, everyone. I know that we, this has a, been a challenging week for, for me personally, but probably for a lot of you out there with the overcoming square with Saturn and the Uranus contacts and everything. Just uh, try to maintain as, as much of the, uh, the healthy routines as you can. Like some of the things that get you through shocking events are things like eating well, um, you know, remembering to eat, uh, eating healthy, Exercising a little bit can be a great stress reliever and give, give you some nice endorphins. Remembering to get some, some good sleep 
Okay, we, we can deal with the stresses in our life a lot easier if we're taking care of our bodies and having a healthy sleep routine. I know that I'm, I'm just not at my best at all if I haven't been sleeping. Uh, you know, do your do your your everyday practical things like I write in a journal every day. Those things can help bring relief. Um, yeah, and just be, be kind to the people in your life and uh, don't take things for granted. There's we're not guaranteed really anything in this life. We may think that we have things that are going to last the test of time. And at any point they can be kind of snatched away from you. So again, um, live in the moment uh, while also thinking about your future and appreciating your past. Um, And don't take things for granted. Don't take the people in your life for granted. That's another, I think, lesson of Taurus too, is to, to be present and to to show your gratitude and your love for people. So that's what I've got today. Uh, Be kind to one another. Again, try to find that inner peace as well, because if we are all finding that inner center and that inner peace, it's going to be much easier for us to to give and and to be generous and and to contribute meaningfully to our worlds with grace. So um, if you like this uh, channel and what I'm providing here, please hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. You can make a material donation to what I'm doing at buymeacoffee.com. You can think of this as our little coffee shop shop chats where we're kind of having a tea or a smoothie and and just talking about the stars. So appreciate all of you who have been uh, sitting with me in the virtual coffee house. And um, I will see you in the next time, okay? Take it easy, everyone. Peace.